slip it in. Welcome back to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. Got myself Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput taking you through all the important things that happened this past week in golf, and then everything we got coming up this week that we're looking forward to. We got John Rahm back in the winner's circle. We got sweet swinging lefty, 16-year-old Augusta National Women's Amateur Champion, Anna Davis, making the cut in her first ever LPGA Tour event. And then coming up this week, we got the Wells Fargo Championship at TPC Potomac at Evanel Farms. None of us will be going. It's Mother's Day weekend. We got more important things to do, but we'll be watching. We got lots to talk about. Shout out to all our moms on our Mother's Day edition. Thanks for being here. Let's have a great episode. John Rahm back in the winner's circle, a Spaniard winning in Mexico, I guess, uh, same language. So it's all good, but, uh, glad to see him back in the winner's circle. Still number two in the world. He's probably not going to catch Scotty anytime soon. Uh, but what do we think about this week at the Mexico open in Puerto Vallarta? It's kind of crazy. He came into this tournament as a overwhelming favorite. And I, I don't know that I would say he played all that well, but you know, he, he made it work at the end and came out with the victory. A couple guys, I think shot some course records on Sunday trying to catch him, but I think a couple guys he was playing with kind of folded down the stretch, and he had a, a somewhat easy uh, path to victory. Yeah, Tony Finau and Brandon Wu both shoot 63, 63 on Sunday. This is the first time they've ever played this course, so it would make sense that they would like at least tie or beat the course record, but not an easy course. Like Lots of 500-plus yard par fours and a 670-yard par five. To see Tony and these guys go out and shoot 63 on Sunday when the wind was up, I was pretty impressed. Was the wind really up though? Like, wasn't that a whole thing all week? They're like, "Oh, it's going to get windy," and then it was like five mile per hour winds. Well, At certain points though, on Sunday it was. Right? Yeah, there's the one par yeah, four they played. Really. I don't know who was. Oh, was that um, Kitayama was playing with Ram in the final group, and it was a par four that he had hit the ball in the water two of the first three days, and he hits it in the water again. But he's got two forty in. Like it's a five hundred yard par par four, and these guys have two hundred two two ten to two thirty in. It's playing pretty long. Relatable. Yeah, I mean, Rom's the best driver of the golf ball in the world. I don't really think it's close right now. He is just so consistent off the tee. So you you bring him to a course like this where he can just kind of let his distance go wild and, you know, still keep it in play a little bit. And he's going to put himself in great positions to make a lot of birdies. He didn't look that comfortable on Sunday, though. I mean, like even the final hole, he he kind of hit it a little bit left and had to make an awkward shot like up off that bunker and barely, barely won the tournament. So, yeah, I thought the same thing. Ken. there was a couple times like he was just standing over the ball. It just seemed like for like two or three extra yeah. seconds. Um, I noticed it on some putts, too. He as he was kind of his choppy feet as he's standing there getting ready to hit the ball. He never really just seemed decisive with what he wanted to do. Granted, he won. So obviously yeah. he's doing something right. But he only went like what one under on the last day, right? I mean, I think he had some cobwebs, and I think there's probably something there that, like, he's lost his number one player in the world. People aren't talking about him as much. But he did lead wire to wire. So, I mean, that's a little something to talk about. I mean, yeah. he played really good golf. I mean, it's I think it's interesting, that like, the kind of pressure he's under. Like, he's pretty much been, like, the favorite in every tournament he's played in for the last, like, year, year and a half or so. Like, even going into the Masters with how hot Scotty was, Ron was still the favorite. And I think that's just kind of, like, a weird pressure. And I wonder if that is part of the like the the little hesitations like he's thinking about the fact that everyone's expecting him to win rather than when he was kind of on that rise to number one where it was just kind of like oh i'm just trying to play trying to win no one's really expecting me to be the best player in the world but now even with scott eight one people still think rom is actually like the best player in the world so i wonder yeah. how much is 
that kind of mental thing. For yeah, him. I mean, coming off that U.S. Open victory last year, we thought, you know, he was just going to close out the year winning a ton, just how well he was playing. But the putter really let him down. But, I mean, we look back on it, like you said, he's been the favorite coming into every tournament, feels like, for the last 12 months. He still has been churning out top 10s like it's nothing. I think he gets a top 10 in every other tournament he plays in, basically, including the majors. So he's still playing well. I think the putters just let him down a little bit too much to be able to keep winning tournaments yeah i think it'll be interesting I think after he won the u.s open he ratted off like five straight top tens so it'll be like he's got obviously the pga or yeah it's pga championship in two weeks so i think it'll be you'll maybe we'll see him kind of be up there like really close for the next couple of weeks kind of same kind of confidence booster thing yeah i kind of feel like i'm playing defense for john i know he didn't play like outrageous golf but i think coming in as the odds-on favorite he could have easily just shot like eight or ten under and been middle of the pack. But, I mean, 18 under is pretty good. And, of course, these guys have really never seen before. So I was pretty pleased with what I saw from him. Yeah, Didn't I'm you? with you there, Ben. I mean, listen to the pod last week. I'm sorry I couldn't be here. But you guys were bashing Rom a little bit just because he was the favorite. And now he didn't play well enough on Sunday. He won the darn tournament. What else can the guy do? I was going to say, I think we're yeah, holding no, him to, like, to such a high standard now. It's like we got so, so used to seeing him just kind of dominate. And then when he's not doing it now and still winning, we're wanting more which is something to say about his game. It's like we have him at that upper echelon where he should just should come out and dominate everything. And when he doesn't, we're just kind of shocked a little bit. I think it was more just like a body language thing. He looked great. He played great. I just like, I agree with Tyler that he just kind of looked a little bit tense on Sunday. That's all. I mean, I, he kind of knew he was up there. He was wire to wire. And I think, um, was Kidiyama was wire to wire too in second place, right? Yeah, he played much, really well too. The whole time, yeah. which shouldn't go un, unnoticed. But didn't you say, um, the other day, Benny, that this, the course uh, designers wanted this to be 18 under as a, it's like, actually really funny, yeah. The like when they set up the, the course, because you, you said that, I just remembered that. I think they said on the broadcast that they shortened the course from the tippy tips from like by like two hundred yards or something like that, and they were shooting for something like eighteen to nineteen under, and that's what can't I mean. John probably should have buried that last hold if it's yeah, nineteen, but they, they were on twenty five under. Move yeah. the tees around a lot through the days to kind of counteract whether the wind was up and kind of move the tees closer and different things like that. Yeah. to get to that number that they were searching for. Did you see on, like, Saturday and Sunday, they pulled out that, like, secret tee on number 17? It was, yeah. like, way over to the left, brought the water in, like, way farther back, and they were saying about how, like, hardly any of the guys even played, like, practice rounds from those tees because they probably didn't even know about I it. I like that. That's cool. It could have easily been 25 under. I mean, really, right, if someone was really going low. I mean, I think it was, a, it was a good course to watch, too. I think, W, you're mentioning here is, like, we see a lot of the same courses all the time. It's nice to see something different. I don't think the course itself was that exciting, but – uh you know, a decent field. It's nice to see a Spaniard win in Mexico too. It's really great for the game. I mean, I think it's probably going to, it's going to set the fire in Mexico, right? I and mean, we see, like talked about like what Lorena Ochoa did, but seeing John Rom win down there, he's got a big fan contingent down there. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, so he just won the Mexico open. He's the reigning U S open champion. So I hope he plays at the Canadian Open. He can really go for that uh, <laughs> North American that trifecta yeah. and North win. That should just be the king of North America, you know, winning three of the, the Opens. We saw what happened to the last king. Not great, Bob. <laughs> great. Other, other notable names from this week on the LPGA Tour, we had Marina Alex winning in a come-from-behind victory to beat Jin Young Ko, the number one player in the world. And the one thing about Marina is that I think she's Xander Schauffele's doppelganger. They, they look identical. But props to her. Is we that also a compliment had, to her or an insult oh, to yeah. Xander. What, what are we looking at? Well, Xander's a top top fifteen player, so I'd say it's a huge compliment. But you're not talking about their golf game. You're talking about their looks. Yeah, they're both beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I actually watch more of this tournament than the uh, Mexico Open, and yeah, this course was really <laughs> cool to watch. There's so much undulation and and a lot of different shots to hit coming down the stretch, and so like you said, I think she. Posted a low number really early above uh, Jin Young Ko, number one player in the world, and then 
you know, I think Lydia Coe had a chance, a couple others kind of finishing the last couple groups had some chances to make some birdies down the stretch and just couldn't. So got her her second career victory, I believe it was. So pretty neat to see there. Yeah, I really am starting to like, like some of these courses, these the women are playing, especially on the West Coast, are like these classic country club courses where the greens are a little small, fairways are a little tight, but they feel way more relatable. Like a 400-yard par four and a five, you know, a 490-yard par five versus the guys are playing 670. That's just like mm-hmm. we have no chance on that kind of hole. Well, it really get- just shows you like how ridiculous it is like the guys are shooting. And because even like the women are playing relatively back compared to like what you see at your muni women's oh, kind of thing. So it's like it's a huge like it's put you in place. Kind yeah, of. it's it's pretty cool too because there's so many courses out there that are awesome and, and we see the views and the images and it's just so cool. To think about playing there. Well, the, all these courses, like the men can't play there because the course is just not long enough. And right. so that's one of the cool mm-hmm. things about the LPGA tours. They play a lot of these more iconic courses or courses with a lot of those panoramic views or, you know, different different aspects like that. And we're going to see like the women play the U.S. Open at Pine Needles, a course that we could play. And we played from the tips and uh, right was long, but, you know, not crazy. Oh, it was crazy. Tough course, I agree. <laughs> Great I still can't believe Maven used his hole-in-one ball first hole and lost it. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. You listening, Maven? So then on the, on the LPGA Tour news, we had Augusta National Women Amateur Champion, 16-year-old high school sophomore Anna Davis, make the cut on the number. Like, just really impressive stuff. I could have seen her. I mean, I think we noticed when she won the Augusta National, she got, like, some swag. She's pretty cool-headed. And when she, uh, you know, going out here and making the cut, I think it's just quite an achievement. And she was she was joking around. She's like, can't wait for my next tournament in two weeks to get to take off school again. It's like, yeah, yeah. we forget she's 16 years old. <laughs> bucket hat. Any thoughts on the bucket hat, Con? Love the bucket hat. I even, like, so she was wearing it at the Augusta National Women's Am, and they were showing, like, highlights of her and her, playing her amateur days when she was still wearing the bucket hat. Like, that's her thing. And I really hope... She kind of makes a rise and gets on the LPGA mm-hmm. tour and kind of makes that her style and, and her trademark. So can high school players do the uh, whole NIL thing? I feel like Titleist should be paying her a lot of money for all the <laughs> Titleist bucket hats the she wore. Titleist bucket hat? Yeah, that's going to be going off the off the. Uh, Colin, are you going to rock a bucket hat next week on the golf trip? Well, you know, I am fair-skinned, so that might help. You. <laughs> <laughs> SPF bucket hat. Can you save that sound bite? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know how the NIL works, I guess, because in golf, it's really finicky if you're an amateur. You can't make money from yeah. contests, but I think sponsorships you probably can, but I would guarantee she gets one here soon. Could you imagine how much money Charlie would get with the NIL deal oh my <laughs> for the next 12 years? So part of Tiger's agreement is that his son has to be in it, too. <laughs> and part of Tyler's agreement is to bring up Charlie once an episode. <laughs> yeah. Thousand bucks a week. <laughs> well, that's a good segue because we got some big Tiger news this week. He's been at Southern Hills all week practicing. He got with the head pro there, got all the ins and outs of the course. A lot of people are a little upset about this. I mean, Tiger is who Tiger is. He's always going to get some preferential treatment. But some guys are like thinking it's unfair. What do, what do you guys think? I don't think it's unfair at all. I mean, literally any of them could just go there right now if they wanted to, and they'd let him on the fucking course. Like they're just Tiger is just on that. I'm only going to play the majors tour, so he just has. He's just choosing to be there before everyone else. But isn't the issue that the guy who runs the course gave him the knowledge? You think that the you know course pro, the, the whatever the fucking title for, for is, wouldn't just go out there and talk to every single one yeah, if they asked? I'm not saying I disagree with you. I just wanted to get the facts straight. That's all. Probably not caddy for him. But, you know, it's <laughs> it's easy enough for everybody else to get the same treatment. You go out, yeah. you win 14 majors, you know, be an icon <laughs> for the game of golf. 120 20 wins. That's 86. all you got to do. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, they could all be there do. Doing the same due diligence. That's all I'm it, trying to it say. It is just wild. Like, Tiger goes and plays a practice round for a major, 
and that's all anybody can talk about that day. You would have he, almost forgotten we had a tournament like this week. Helicopter coverage of him footage. playing there. And it's just insane. Like it's a you know guy moves in like needle. a high what speed chase out there, and we got a helicopter covering him. But no, Tiger's we're just not moving. Very watching fast. him hit putts on the practice screen. It, it's because every time he comes back, we we think it's like the last time, and it's just going to keep being the last time over and over again for the next fifteen years. It's, it's like Brett Favre. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, exactly the same. Brett Favre, Tiger Woods. He might go play for the Jets. You know, <laughs> never know. I'm pretty excited because I remember Scotty saying that like Southern Hills is like his favorite course. Yeah, you know, we haven't seen Scotty in a little bit after his Augusta win, but seeing no. him, you know, seeing him there is going to be a lot of fun. Like I would five love, years ago, right? He get, said that like, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, and and more recently too, yeah, I mean, he loves it. He's been playing it forever. So seeing like a a Tiger Scotty final group, could you could you imagine? Oh. <laughs> What's the early scouting report on that course? Are there like a lot of hills? Well, ask Tiger about it. I, I think don't it's pretty know. flat. I would say it's a little south with some hills. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> flat sets up well for Tiger. But I think way. that's that's what it is. He's just trying to like test out that leg and test out the leg. That's the only reason he's fucking out there. He doesn't really care. He knows the course. Nice, and then in other news, we had a, a fun little match. Tyler, myself, Tully, and Ken. So Tully, little, Tully lost. Tully a little lost. skins match this week. So we talked about alternate alternate formats. Sorry, and I wasn't getting 23 strokes, Ken. We've stuck to our Explain. word and, and going out. We don't do 2v2 matches anymore. We've been trying to mix it up, and this week we did skins. Tyler making an amazing up-and-down birdie on the last hole to take home the money. You know, things I'm going to have to start thinking about as I'm playing more is when I hear choppers flying ahead, they might be trying <laughs> to record my game after some of the shots that I had this past weekend. So I'm can't give away all my secrets right now, but it was it was nice to have that pretty solid win over the weekend over these guys. And there was a wedding too. You yeah, Tyler on the bride, the bride. In front the, of the bride. a man Dan well, marrying Dan. A man Dan and a Dan. Yeah. So you're just you know one of those guys that just thrives under pressure. Well, you got the whole wedding party watching you. I, I saw you it go up and it down. Was, it, was it was a good looking wedding easy, party too. Yeah. It's just, I could see a couple people kind of looking down at the green. So I was like, I got to put on a shirt for these people. Yeah. I couldn't see it since the green was a little up. <laughs> put on a shirt. Is that what show, show, show. Shirt. Put your you shirt back on. There's a wedding. I'm like, Harry shirtless. Tell if I shirtless for 17 holes. But no, I had to zip one up there. Probably, it probably had crazy spin on there. Uh, I couldn't see it since it was uphill, but there was a huge round of applause as we were walking up. So it was pretty sweet. You know that's but I remember the funniest thing about the final hole was that like we were all we were all playing decent. I mean, Tully's playing pretty good, but then Tully like gave up on the last hole. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, like oh. like you know just walking. Tully around. like chipped it on the back of the green, which is like probably, a forty five degree. Probably slope. hit like fifteen shots. I'm like, like Tully, we need to catch a lot of ball here. Shanks it across. <laughs> you weren't. I mean, he wasn't trying, but it, to it clarify, was, I topped my drive on that. So well, no, I just it think wasn't it was, a good start on that. I just think it was funny. Like people people were sitting there like eating like dinner, ha- having a beer, and just watching Tully just walk around. He still had his shoes on though, which is good. Sounds like Tully was phased with that as his partner there. It's true. I missed you, Colin. Yeah, I miss you. But I think um, I don't know. Maybe for another segment for another time is is uh, is we played skins and like we I kept wanting to get the junk skins in there, but Ben kept saying no. Yeah, so. I guess from time to time when we play skins, you know, traditionally skins are just when a guy wins a hole, he gets a skin. But we also throw in some junk in there. So like if you get up and down out of a bunker or make a natural birdie, you get some get some skins. And I think it definitely makes the scoring a little more fun. But I think. Uh, Based on we were pretty hungover, we wanted the scoring to be nice and simple on Saturday. But by the end, you were also pretty drunk because those transfusions were flowing. I was pretty sure we were playing junk because I spent a lot of time in the bunkers and I could <laughs> not get out of them. So I got plenty of practice for next time. Let's try to figure that out this summer. Like our official, like the official big players. I remember games. we used to try and like, like, like we try to print like scorecards for the for the golf trip and stuff like that. <laughs> like we always try to keep score. Are we doing just like week long skins next week on the golf trip? Yeah, just, maybe just tracking the whole cumulative. Time? 
Now hold on. I listened. Who's keeping score on on Sunday? Or not me. Yeah. I listened to last week's pod, and I want to give Tully a chance to defend himself. <laughs> fucking bullshit! Tully, I, I refused the whole to time. drive. I made Ken do it all. Tully it was, was the first one to the course, and he had his bag on the passenger side of the car, there just waiting there. Like I'm not driving. I'm not <laughs> score. keeping Doing score. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna question my integrity. The it's most really, honest man on this podcast. It is. The it's moral a co- compass. Is it a coincidence that Tully lost though? That's the. I think that's kind of the looming <laughs> yeah. question. Yeah. No one. I've really literally never that. won money in skins, so I don't I, think I that's think you it. really ruined yourself by not keeping score and <laughs> yeah. losing. So Our theory's been proven. Score, you gotta I win, th- win, theory's but. been proven. I think we put the time. Yeah. No. Well, a good week of golf here, a good week of golf on tour. We'll be back in a second to talk about our Maryland home event at TPC Potomac. All right, we're in Maryland this week. The TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms, a course close to us. Of course, a lot of us have been to. We're looking forward to this tournament. Rory McIlroy, the defending champion, not the greatest field in the world. Corey Connors, second odds, but you got to love seeing Rory there. Um, what are we looking for this week on the course, guys? Yeah, talking about your boy Rory, um, normally we see him capitalize on some of the par fives with the distance that he get, can get off the tee. But this course is kind of interesting to me because there's really only two par fives on the course the uh, first being number two, which is going to play 641 That's yards. That's crazy. Week, which is absolutely, uh, it's terrifying for me and the, these guys too. Um, and then the second is going to be number 10, um, which is playing the short distance of 591. Um, what they're saying is, is it's dog leg left, which is really not gettable in two. So you're not, it's sounding like you're not scoring a ton, not a ton of eagle opportunities. Hopefully the guys will prove me wrong and we get some good scoring out of these. But some of the things we've talked about in previous episodes, like what are the last couple holes that we want to see on the courts? Like what's going to make it the most exciting? Um, what's kind of interesting to me is there's going to be no par fives in the last eight holes wow. on this course. Wow. So you're thinking Sunday wow. you got a guy making wow. a move towards the end. Are they going to be able to make that run? They just got to get hot and just start burning some par fours or just hope there's a collapse. It's like you're not going to be able to gain two strokes by eagle in the par five. I think that second hole, the one that's playing 641, I think that's like the really pretty par five that has the elevated tee. It's like shit down the left, and it's kind of like, a you know, it's pretty straight, but 641. I mean, these guys, I remember when we watched it, the guys were still hitting like long irons and woods in, but nobody's going to have a chance to get there in two. I believe it's kind of like a the fairway ends, and there's a good 30 yards of rough up to the green, so I can't imagine anyone's getting home in two. It's kind of nice, though, because it kind of does level the field for the people that can't hit it that far. Like, even the, even the long bombers, like, they're going to have to go for it. You know, not they can't really go for it in two with much consistency there's going to be a lot of you know having to get a sand save kind of up and down if they wanted to get those eagle opportunities which you know it's helpful for my boy morgan hoffman that's going to be out there again this week yeah we're looking forward to seeing him right he missed the cup by one at the rbc heritage but his game looked solid he didn't have the club head speed but uh definitely the comeback story of the year maybe we can get a cut this week yeah i mean it's it's going to take a a miracle effort for him i was kind of doing some reading he needs to get 238.42 fedex cup points if he wants to uh, maintain his full status the best case scenario, the easiest way to do that would be a solo fourth and fifth in the two tournaments he already has exemptions to. So probably not a lot of hope, but a hell of a Cinderella story. You know, if he wins, it's just 500. He's got it. He's good. Yeah, so he's got the rest of the year, but he doesn't have a lot of exemptions. But, yeah, 500 for a win. So he needs – he's got to string together a few top tens if he's going to get towards Yeah, so he only has two on his, like, health thing, and then everything else would pretty much, I think, be, um, like um, – 
the sponsor, sponsor, yeah, yeah. The sponsor exemption sort of situation. So he's, he's definitely, I'm sure he'll get to play and you know, especially with, you know, the name recognition of the story, but it'll be a, it'll be interesting to watch for the rest of the season. Let's see. You got here too, that Arnold Palmer, when he was 61, aced the par three third and back to back rounds in 1966. Yeah. So there was like, uh, they were doing this, the Chrysler wow. cup, uh, which was some sort of like senior tour rider cup event. It was eight U S <laughs> men versus eight, should have been international team. I've never even heard of this thing before. But in the practice round, he back-to-back days on the par three third hole at TPC Potomac, just back-to-back aces two days in a row to the point where, like, everybody around him was just, like, talking shit, like, why aren't you saving this for the event all that kind of crap, which was just like, wow. what? The? Like, there was, like, six people in history that have had back-to-back aces in the day on the same kind of hole. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I found it interesting. Love it. Well, this is so. This is a tournament a few of us have been to. Tyler, Colin, Ken, and I, Dub, and Tully. Have you guys been? I, I have not been. What yeah, a time! Actually, what a time! Actually, this was the first ever professional golf tournament I went to. I was probably ten years old. The old Kemper Open back when it was just a birdie fest. Back I in the nineteen thirties, had no idea what was happening because I had never swung a golf club before. But hey, it was seemed like a good time. That was pre-renovation, then, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's one of the interesting stories about this place is. It's, it's not really a regular stop on the PGA Tour. They're just taking a uh, detour this year because Quail Hollow, which normally hosts this event, is going to be the site for the President's Cup. So, Let's go. Which, you know, coincidentally, we'll be all at this year. But, yeah, it's a, tickets. it'll be an interesting course. You, you all have been there much more recently after the renovation, right? Yeah, Ken, Colin, Tyler, and I went in 2019, I think it was. Yeah, we were there. Um Physically, we, remember it? we were physically there. there. I, I remember. Time. I remember about the first six holes before the double IPAs kicked in. But uh, good double IPAs. It was yeah, very it hot. Was it was hot, but I loved. It. I sat on seventeen behind the green for what must have been like two to three hours, just watching shot after shot come in. And I mean, I had a great time. There was, I think, three of us. I was with some of my college buddies while you guys were oh, yeah, out true. meandering, doing Isaac, whatever, right? whatever you guys. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out, out Isaac, Isaac for the ticks. Uh, but it was it was a great time. And then trying to find wherever you guys wandered <laughs> off to made it even more interesting. Did, it, didn't you get to? meet ricky's now wife that might have happened wasn't there a story or happened? something there I, I don't really remember what her name is uh, <laughs> pretty and, easy to pick out in a crowd and tyler called her by ricky's ex-girlfriend's name but <laughs> i recognized her yeah I still, say something. honestly still don't know her name allison stoke we saw that was when uh, uh what i call her alexis <laughs> yes <laughs> it was so funny that was when Kiko was making his run, right? And yeah, he won. Uh, yeah, he won. Did he won? Molinari won. Yeah, it was me, Colin, and Ken were kind of like meandering out on the course, and and Francesco Molinari. This was kind of like he's starting when he right was then. he was on his yeah. heater, right? He had like kind of won some majors, was contending everywhere, and he was leading this tournament by like four or five shots. Mm. And the only people following his group were like us and his family. Yeah. And he had a stranglehold on the tournament, but Tiger was there. It's the first time I think I ever saw Joel Damon in his bucket hat because he was playing with Tiger. Poe Hostler, we saw. Really- yeah, we met Poe Hostler's uncle. It was a really great time. Yeah. yeah, everyone was following Tiger, and then he—I think he was into like the third to last group because it we went on a Saturday, and we were following the group that was actually leading the tournament, and there were like four of us there. Yeah, there was like a dozen people. Yeah. I remember when Tiger came out before he teed off, like he just came out of like the clubhouse or whatever, and he was just walking up maybe to the driving range, and everybody just completely forgot there was a tournament. Going Backwards on. Everyone's, hat. Yeah. Everyone's just running over to see. It. I just want to see Tiger walk. Like it, it was crazy. That's a big thing right now. Now was that his tournament? Like was it the quick and loans it was. or whatever? It was yeah, 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 the yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. I think so the, I think Colin's question is a good one of like whether you'd actually you whether you prefer to sit in like at one spot on the course or actually follow I mean Tiger's the rare exception. Let's imagine there's a tournament where Tiger's not there. Like, I think everyone's gonna follow Tiger here, right? 
Well, I think people try to get like three or four holes ahead of yep, Tiger. That's, that's what we were doing. And yeah. sit, and then you get to see him come through with good seats, and then you kind of reposition. I just feel like I get bored if I sat in the same spot all day. I think it really depends on the course. Like it, in this yeah, this case, right. it's not a course that has like a lot of those iconic moments or necessarily like super iconic holes yeah, that you like recognize. The or exactly. Like that. So I think this place is probably better one to kind of walk around. You can see a lot of different things and maybe get to actually know the course, so you could then take the other approach in a future event. There were some cool areas on this course where you could kind of sit and the course would kind of go up and come back. So you could see lots of different tee shots yeah, and different nice. greens. And we, we kind of walked around that area too. I actually think I prefer to just pick a group for that day mm-hmm. and just walk the course from start to finish. Cause then you just get a sense of every hole. And I kind of take the same approach when I'm watching golf. I kind of like, rather than watch the main coverage, I, I like to pick a, like the featured groups and kind of watch them go through the course and figure out which shots they need to hit, uh, on each hole, and I don't know. That's yeah. There's more Helps of, you burn more of narrative. Those there's more of a narrative IPAs. involved in it. Yeah. yeah, we didn't drink much water. We had a lot of double IPAs. We walked 18 holes plus, and then by the end, I pretty much fell down the March 10 steps. <laughs> pretty much. By pretty much. Pretty mean. much. Pretty much. I my ankle was pretty screwed. It still cracks a bit. <laughs> didn't see it. <laughs> Definitely heard it. It'll be interesting to see though if this this event like it. it, it brings more attention to it in this year if it, we maybe see this course become more prevalent like since the deed the redesign it's only hosted like six events it's and it only three times on the pga tour so I'm, I'm hoping this we get that maryland event for us in the future they're yeah all, especially because we can't attend this year because of mother's day i mean this this taking the flagship flagship mother's day event used to be the players which i think was like a nice touch because it's like the pink flowers on 17 and stuff but yeah seeing seeing this course kind of step up in the mother's day spot but it's a great course i'd love to see it become a staple are there any events coming up at congressional because that used to be where the quicken loans was held well, before it's it right next to, to it yeah the uh u.s oh. women's pj championships yeah. at congressional yeah. this yeah, year one of their majors <laughs> Yeah, I think that's honestly one of the course's biggest problems is it's got congressional just kind of looming over it and it just it doesn't necessarily like stand up against historically speaking. Yeah, I think congressional was kind of like created to be that course that can handle a lot of people too. It has like lots of like like the stadium course like TPC Sawgrass where it has like the high hills around the greens and I don't think really think Avenue was created that way. So it's it's not like the best stop for a big PGA Tour event, but it is a really great course. Yeah, and I definitely think it it plays tougher too. So it, I guess it's harder to have like common tournaments there because I think the the redesign made it much more like a U.S. Open style with the longer rough and and firm and and fast fairways and greens. So it, I guess it's you know one of those stops that you you want a, a low scoring tournament if you have a random Wells Fargo Championship. So that that maybe is why it doesn't lend well to being a more regular stop on the tour. That's a good point because we saw that with like the Honda Classic where the players decided it was you know too tough you know not. You know, didn't feel like they get rewarded for good shots, all that kind of shit. So I wonder if it is getting that same kind of treatment, if it's considered a tougher course on the tour. I do recall us following, uh, when we followed Francesco, I think Brian Gay might have been playing with him, and there was like a par fours on the front nine, and Francesco had his drive in the rough, and he only had like 120 yards in, but like we couldn't see the ball from where we were standing, like pretty like level with the ground, and he just kind of chopped it out and, I mean, hit the green and everything like that. But then on that same hole, Brian Gay hit the the rough around the green and just duffed the chip. So I do think it's a pretty challenging course. It's definitely – it's not that long. I know it plays par 70, so a little bit longer than, uh, you know, it sounds shorter than it is. But uh, a pretty challenging test for these guys. And I think it's interesting too. So the last time they played here, Francesco won by eight, nine strokes. It was a runaway. It wasn't even fair. Tiger hands him the trophy – and then what was it? How many months later? One, two months. They the had open. that showdown yeah. at the open that uh, Francesco bested Tiger. So yeah. pretty interesting. Kind of started here at the uh, Quicken Loans TPC Potomac, ended overseas, and then really ended at the Masters where Tiger yeah. just destroyed <laughs> yeah. Francesco's career. 
I would love to see some of these guys that are kind of like mainstays on the PGA Tour take this win under their belt and really make a run toward the end of the season, right? First major coming up, stuff like that, or second major coming up. But I'm really lot, – lots of – I was noticing that the field, like when you look at the odds every week, you obviously have your heavy hitters at the top. And we were talking about how the bottom 20 or 30 people in the field are usually guys that have gotten exemptions through things, and you really probably don't know them. But most of the people in this field are really recognizable. It just doesn't have that high-tier talent that we love to watch. Yeah, there's a lot of B-tier players. But, yeah, like I was like, like Charles Schwartzel is like one of the lower odds guys. He's like, you know, the guy was contending one, at the Masters. The final yeah. grouping at the Masters. So there's a lot of good players out there. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Tony Finau play. Cause obviously, he's kind of had a rough season, but... Last week played pretty well. Tony Fitz, he's looking good out there. I'm sure Colin loves some of them outfits, but you know, I, he's one of those guys. He's been on Ryder Cup teams, all that kind of stuff. I'm hoping that you know this is last week kind of got him right. I'd love to see him win because he's another guy. I don't think does he have yeah. a PGA Tour win? Oh yeah, he well, he beat Cam Smith in that playoff somewhere down south. He, he looked really happy in his uh, like final interview. I don't know, did you guys see that? He was like he right right when he came off the course and he thought maybe he was going to hang around for a playoff. And they were basically saying on the broadcast that that Tony was not really one of the guys anymore, like for the, you know, all the Ryder Cup. And, and I thought that was, yeah. I like, always kind of had him in that group, but he's kind of clawing his way back into being one of the like shoe in guys. I would yeah. love to see a little drama there going into like the president's cup. About yeah, who's going to be the win. last couple teams or last couple players on that team. Yeah. I think when I look at this course too, I look at it like quail, like, it's definitely a course we have to drive your ball really well. And if you're hitting it long and straight, you're going to just like tear up the course. Like that's why Rory won. And I think Rory can do well here again, but I saw a lot of good things from Tony. He was hitting his driver really well last week in Mexico. Yeah. It's really crazy kind of how he hasn't played well this year, especially after getting his first win. I think he did win at Liberty national last year. Yeah, That was was the one that was his first win, but yeah, he really hasn't put, been able to put it together this year, but um, it's good to see that he's he's striking the ball well again. Another player to watch this week is probably Ricky because he's, he's a guy we don't really... He's he in the field? He's in the field, mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously... He's, he was pretty far down the odds chart, he's too. He's pretty far down the odds, but... Does he, he just play on sponsor exemptions now? Or, or does he get in on valid means? I have no idea how... Like, I think there is probably a bit of that. I know for the U.S. Open, he's already had, like, preemptively enter into like the qualifiers assuming he doesn't get like a win so i think yeah it probably is a lot of those like sponsor exemptions and he'll be back he moves the needle for sure so i will say i think ricky does usually play in these events events around the dc area and he usually does pretty well so um, maybe interesting if he can bounce back this week that was one of my favorite things to watch when we were actually at the tournament is ricky was really the first guy i'd seen up close and personal hit off the tee and just the ball flight that he has, how high he was hitting it, it really kind of opened my eyes to like how much better they are than the average golfer. And, and it would be cool to see a guy like Ricky come back and really compete and also maybe meet his girlfriend. Or <laughs> She's still there. She's with the baby. Yeah. She's with the baby. Well, he's yeah, he's, he's plus 12,000. Well, 12, so we got, yeah, we got Rory closing the week at uh, plus 750. What was John last week? Like plus 800? 800? Yeah. Wow, so Rory's some pretty steep odds, similar to John. Rory's by far. I think something interesting here is we got we got Patrick Reed outside the top twelve. We got guys wow. like Keegan Bradley, yeah. Russell Henley, Paul Casey, Terrell Hatton. Oh, Paul! All these guys ahead in the third hole with bag problems. <laughs> Jeez, Patrick Reed had a pretty good run in Mexico last week, actually, didn't he? He was yeah. playing. Yeah, he had like a seven under final round. He played really good. Yeah, they yeah. let him fluff it up down there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Day's in the field too this week. It looks like that's kind of it. He's he's one of those guys that. Used to be, you know, top of the list. It'll it be could nice be sneaky fun. Back. Yeah, it could be a sneaky fun event. It, it's almost as just long, like it's ben a says, big nostalgic event. And looking at this yeah. fucking board, as long as you hit it really far and straight and long, you'll be good at golf. Like Speaking of that, what about that guy from the Corn Ferry Tour? 
Oh um, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Brandon Matthews. Cameron. Yeah, so we got Brandon a guy, Matthews, guy, yeah. uh, a Monday qualifier from the from the Corn Ferry Tour playing this week. That his uh, his three wood ball speed is 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 higher than most PGA Tour players' driver speed. He hits what he calls his safe tee shot, his which is a baby finder. face fairway finder, and it's three thirty carry. So Ooh, it should be a lot of fun to watch sir. a guy like that. They said he averages about 340, 350 carry with his driver. And he hasn't had a driver in his bag for the yeah. last, you know, two, three weeks. Yeah, I think he's 34th on the Corn Ferry Tour in driving distance, but he doesn't even have a driver in the bag because the holes are too short for him, so he just hits three wood. I did see where there was one Monday qualifier in the area. I don't think it was at the course because they usually do Monday qualifiers at, like, different courses, and there was a five-guy playoff for one spot, and all five of the guys that were in the playoff all had, like, over 100 starts on tours, like David Lingmurth and Steve Marino. It was pretty cool stuff to see. <clears throat> one thing I noticed on this uh course i was looking at the overall schedule is like the purse is actually pretty big it's bigger than the mexico open it's bigger than zurich it's bigger than rbc heritage so it's a pretty good chunk of change if you get out there and win one it's nine million nine million for the purse so how inflation around the dc area it's expensive to live here (laughs) 10 11 local inflation what do you think rory stays when he's around here frederick yeah. Frederick Maryland. Get him yeah. up here. Yeah, I'll get him. He can stay in the basement here. We can have another. <laughs> we can have an episode with him. I think Rory being here is a huge thing for this tournament. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cool. I know Tiger and these guys move the needle, but Rory really moves the needle as well. Is he the defending champion? Yeah, he's the defending champion from yeah. Quail. Though. Yeah, so Quail, but so not not this course. But I don't I think, think it's, it's his first time playing this course, though. No, I don't think so either. But I think it's a course that plays very similar to Quail. So maybe, yeah, maybe we'll do some research. See who played well last year if they're in the field too. I think it's a course that plays a lot like it. So we also got Mother's Day this Sunday. Mother's Day golf used to be the players. Now it's the Wells Fargo. Two years in a row. What do you guys think, man? My mom is what like do you think my, about moms. My mom is my biggest golf fan. So shout out to my mom. Shout for out sure. Patty. Does she play? You, like, Patty. would you take her out for a Mother's no, Day? No, she doesn't. Round? She doesn't want to play. I think that she is like she's probably the most stable minded and understands that golf is way too frustrating. So she wouldn't want to try it. So the funny thing is, my mom sure. used to play well before I got into it, and then she got paired up with like this prodigy eight-year-old kid one day at clustered spires and went out and like quit golf after that because the kid just played so well <laughs> the kid's so, name josh win <laughs> yeah he grew up so to be the days me. are gone of trying to play golf with my mom but yeah still definitely a big fan out there my mom has stated that she will never go out on a round of golf with anyone again she went out with my dad once and did not care for it all to the point where she just took the cart and was just driving absolutely everywhere, like over greens, all that kind of <laughs> shit. Wait, your, your mom did that? My, Barbara? No. no. What? Yeah, but to the point where my dad was just furious with her, and they just got in a big fight, and they're like, no, we're never doing this again. Well, so we have a good friend, Eric, who his mom golfs. Good, like, good friend. Good friend. Friend. If you're listening, Eric. we mean this. We so mean his that. mom plays at one of our local courses like all the time with her friends. I mean, I don't know. Like Golf is probably not the most approachable sport for women, but like they have so much fun. Like They just have a foursome that goes out all the time. They drink their drinks. They don't care what they shoot. They sit around the 19th hole just like we do. Like, How do we make golf like more approachable for women? Make it free on Mother's Day. I think that women should be getting, or mothers and women probably should be getting in free at this tournament, right? I don't, I don't know if they are, but I think on Sunday. That'd be cool should, Sundays, like, yeah, that'd be great. Probably I mean, good, how right. do you prove that, like, you're a mother? Do you have to, like, show a picture of kids? Like, kind of like, <laughs> what do you do, like, flip out a wallet just has, like, the stock photos? What do you got to do? I think this week, the winner, instead of the wife or the girlfriend or the kid coming on the on the final uh, hole, the mom should come out first. That's I love it. it. That's I love it. What, if, That's what if the wife is a mother? All moms. All moms. All moms All affiliated mothers. I don't know. Great. Well, that does it here. Should have a great week here at TPC Potomac, a Maryland event. Tune in. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod. We'll see you next week.